Well, y'all happy December and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space where we can show up and remember that God is really at work in our mess. And I know, guys, I know you are right in the middle of making that Christmas magic while still making everyday life happen and trying to stay focused on why this season matters without getting lost in the clutter. And I know this because I feel it too. So if we haven't yet had a chance to meet, my name is Jen Jewell, and I consider it such an honor to host this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which aims to unleash a fresh story of hope into your world, your speakers, every other Tuesday. And that is still completely true, but today with a slightly different angle. As we've occasionally done in the past, instead of pressing into a personal story and highlighting truth, we're just leaning into truth and letting scripture tell the story. And today, we've decided to take a deeper look at Christmas. Because yes, we are all busy, but if you're listening to this podcast, chances are that you want to intentionally make Jesus the center of your life. But just like anything else, it actually takes intention. Well, digging into this topic with me today are two of my favorite Bible nerds, and I mean that in the best way possible. Davina Bress and Shanna Crawford are genuinely faith-filled women who are just passionate about God and passionate about the Word of God. They have both shared pieces of their own redemptive stories back on episodes 18 and 23, which we will definitely link in the conversation notes. And in both of their stories, God met them in their darkness and brought them into light. So most of us are familiar with the basics of the Christmas story. Like at one time or another, we've all looked on curiously at a nativity set where there were angels and shepherds and Mary and Joseph and of course, baby Jesus lying in a manger. Honestly, I'd recommend pausing this episode and reading the entire biblical story for yourself. It's found in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2, and it really doesn't take that long to read. Each account has its own angle and perspective. But to make a long story short, about 2,000 years ago, an angel appeared to a young woman named Mary. He tells her that even though she's a virgin, she was about to supernaturally conceive and give birth to the Son of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, she accepts this mission and tells her fiance, Joseph, who's like, sure you are pregnant by the Holy Spirit. But then an angel also graciously appears to Joseph to verify Mary's story. So he goes with it, and I'm sure she's pretty relieved. Well, as you probably know, they end up taking a long road trip because of a mandatory census by the Roman Emperor Augustus, which is why there's a crowd, which is why there's no room, which is why Mary ends up giving birth in a barn or a stable or a cave, depending on who you ask. Either way, there was no epidural in a warm hospital bed. And then there were these ordinary shepherds who showed up to worship this newborn baby. And later, mysterious magi or wise men from the East who also came to worship him, even giving some fancy gifts. Plus, there was a curious star, an evil king that murdered babies to protect his throne, as well as a pretty intense refugee situation. It's a fascinating story. But what else was happening behind the scenes? And why does it even matter? And how does it still impact us today at Christmas? Y'all, I think this is going to be fun. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join Davina, Shanna, and myself for a chat at the messy table. 
All right. Well, we're together. We have our coffee and we're going to talk about the Bible, which is totally our happy place, right? Absolutely. Yes. So Davina and Shanna, welcome back to the messy table. Thank you. Thank you. You guys have both been on before sharing your incredibly powerful stories, which we're going to link in the conversation notes, but I'm just excited to dive in. Me too. Okay. So real quick, what's your favorite thing about the Christmas season? Do you have anything? Uh, we always make homemade ornaments with our kids over the years. Oh, look and at you. Yeah. So crafty. Yes. And so our oldest is 21. So we have lots of years of ornaments and our tree. We don't have fancy decorations. It's just years and years of six kids ornaments. So we uh-huh. love decorating the tree and just remembering back on the different Christmases that were represented by the ornaments. That's so that. good. Yeah. One of our favorite um, Christmas traditions happens on Giving Tuesday, which is typically the Tuesday after Black Friday. Mm -hmm. And so years ago, I read this blog post by Ann Boskamp where she talked about how Christmas is Jesus's birthday. Mm -hmm. And she asked the question, what would Jesus want for his birthday? With the answer of he would want for us to care for the least of these. Mm. So with that in mind, on Giving Tuesday, our family collects catalogs from our favorite nonprofit organizations. We have Compassion International, Hope International, IJM, as well as some local nonprofits. And we have a big feast and we sit down and flip through those catalogs and mm-hmm. decide how we want to spend money that we have set aside over the year. We decided that instead of giving each other Christmas gifts, we would would instead give to the least of these. And so um, my kids flip through, decide what they want to do. Maybe they want to buy a goat for a family in South America who will then be able to Mm, like milk and provide for their family. And so it's just Mm. a really incredible way to kind of take the focus from ourselves and our own material desires and instead Mm. place it on the true purpose of Christmas, which is to celebrate the birth Mm. of Jesus. And so it's my very, very favorite. Now, I've heard you say that you do do stockings and some smaller yeah. things with your kids, but that's amazing. And you started this like when your oldest was a baby, right? Yes. Yes. So that's mm-hmm. all my kids have known for Christmas, um, which makes it a fairly easy tradition to yeah. grasp onto. But well, it's so mm-hmm. countercultural yeah. and it makes me kind of wish I would have done that. <laughs> me too. Because yeah. that's not what we do. And yes. sometimes it can be stressful. Yeah. So yeah. it certainly takes the stress of shopping and finding the perfect gift and all of that. Mm-hmm. They kind of puts a damper on the Christmas season. It takes that out and instead Mm -hmm. just kind of refocuses us. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. I have a friend whose kid was looking at one of those like little people nativity sets, which is great. Like, good job, mom, incorporating the nativity into, you know, just playtime. And he started crying and was like, but where's Santa? (laughs) (laughs) And I love it because it is a confusing time when you have a lot of different things Mm -hmm. mixed in. So because the Christmas story is probably the most well-known of all biblical stories, I would say, I think we're at a slight disadvantage. It's like when you have a pile of clutter in your house and you just walk by it and walk by it and you don't always realize like, oh man, there's a birthday card in there with like 50 bucks in it. And it's just been sitting there. And so we just want to take a little bit of time to dig deeper to see some of these treasures that could be lurking because... Christmas is like that, right? Uh, Sometimes we can get lost. So first, as we dig into the story, I just want to remind everyone that we don't claim to have all the answers. We definitely don't have all the answers. We don't have it all figured out. But we would also like to give a little bit of context for the backstory of today's topic. Yeah. So 
we find the Christmas story in a couple different places in the Bible, in the Gospels, in Luke 1 and 2, as well as Matthew 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. So here we have two different authors. We have Matthew, who is a Jew, a disciple Mm -hmm. of Jesus that walked with him. And then we have Luke, who was a Gentile Mm -hmm. and did not. And so here we have these two different perspectives. What's remarkable about having them both is that they work together to give us more of a full story of the Christmas story Mm -hmm. within Matthew, we see it from the perspective of Joseph and when he first finds out um, that he's going to get to be the stepdad to Jesus. And then in Luke, we get to see from Mary's perspective when she was initially visited by the angel and what that looked like for her. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And we need to remember that these are first century texts written Mm -hmm. 2000 years ago. So they might not read exactly like a modern day narrative. Luke, for example, he's kind of a first century reporter type also a doctor, and he's giving us an account. And actually, I'm going to read the introduction in Luke real quick because I think it's great. It says, many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They use the eyewitness reports circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I also have decided to write an accurate account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. So these aren't just fairy tales. These aren't just stories. This is a report. He's saying, okay, this is what happened. The stage of this time was set on a whole lot of change, politically, religiously, culturally. And obviously we don't have time to go into all of it, but they had been influenced and conquered by the Greeks, but then now they're, you know, under Roman jurisdiction. And so there was a lot of outside influences in uh, the Jewish culture as well. I don't know, Davina, I know you have a little bit more context on that. Yeah, it's pretty interesting because even though they are under Roman rule, Mm -hmm. in order to get to that, there was just so much conflict within their Mm -hmm. own culture. There was Caesar Augustus, who is the one that we will learn later requires them to travel to have this census taken. And it had gone from um, once Caesar Augustus was in power all of a sudden they're in this empire. And so here this one person has an incredible magnitude. But the way that he got so much power Mm -hmm. was through war. And so Mm -hmm. here in the Mm -hmm. culture, there's so much destruction. There's famine. The towns are destroyed. The systems are destroyed. Mm -hmm. And so there's just a lot. the nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so there's just so much destruction and unknown Mm -hmm. right then. And so that's kind of the setting with which God enters in and brings about this remarkable thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. So good. So it's fun to remember that these are real actual people in real actual places. And so let's just kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and try to put ourselves in Mary's shoes and the other characters' shoes Mm -hmm. and just think, man, what was really happening here? Mm -hmm. Davina, you're great at summarizing. Give us just kind of real quick scoop on the story. Yeah, absolutely. So the Christmas story actually begins before Jesus. It begins with an angel appearing to Zechariah and Elizabeth. And telling them in their old age that they are going to get to be the parents of Mm -hmm. John the Baptist. So the angel appears to Zechariah and he is filled with doubt. He asks why. Um, And as a result, he's mute Mm -hmm. until John the Baptist is born. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, when Elizabeth was six months pregnant, the angel Gabriel, he appears to Mary Mm -hmm. and tells her, you're highly favored. You're going to get to be the mother of Jesus. Yeah. She also has a question, and her question is how. The angel discerns that that's a question of wonder-filled awe Mm -hmm. rather than doubt. Mm -hmm. 
So he answers her question as well as tells her that her cousin Elizabeth is pregnant, which is a remarkable thing. It's a Mm. miracle. She's been barren. She hasn't been able to have any children. Yeah. So Mary's response to him is, do unto me as you have said. After she submits to what the angel has said, she Mm -hmm. goes and she visits Mm -hmm. Elizabeth. And when she enters the room, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy. Mary stays with Elizabeth until Elizabeth gives birth, then returns. In the meantime, Mary was to be married to Joseph. And so an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and told him that the baby that Mary was carrying was from the Holy Spirit. So although Joseph felt as though he needed to divorce her, Mm -hmm. um, the angel confirmed to him that that wasn't necessary, asked him to go ahead and take Mary as his wife. (laughs) Like, thank you for the angel, right? (laughs) Seriously. Could you imagine the Mm. doubt that Joseph felt mm. um, yes. for his fiance to tell him that she's pregnant. Yeah. Like which one of my buddies yeah. turned his back on me and her, yeah. of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the Lord was so gracious mm-hmm. to send the angel to him to confirm to him that what Mary is saying is true right. so that they mm-hmm. could, as Mary and Joseph, be the parents to Jesus here on earth. Amazing. So Joseph goes ahead and marries Mary. Mm -hmm. Um, Shortly thereafter, they are called, everybody in the land is called to go to their homeland Mm -hmm. because of a census. So Mm -hmm. he and Mary travel to Bethlehem from Nazareth. And it is while they are in Bethlehem that Mary gives birth to Jesus. And side note, they Mm -hmm. didn't have sex until after the birth. And so they're there. They give birth. This is the part of the story most of us know. Yeah. In a stable or some people think in a cave. Mm-hmm. She wraps her baby in swaddling clothes and then out in the pasture where the shepherds are, an angel appears to them and declares the good news. This is the very first time that we see the gospel presented and God does it to the shepherds. And so they immediately rush to go see whether or not what the angel said, that a savior has been born, is in fact true. They find Jesus there lying in the manger and immediately go and tell everybody what they have heard and what they have seen. Hmm. Um, at the time of Jesus' birth, a star appeared, and some magi out in the east saw that and recognized it as a sign that the king of the Jews had been born. So they began this long journey, mm-hmm. thinking that a king would be born in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. They went to Jerusalem looking for the king of the Jews. Rather than finding Jesus, they find the actual king, <laughs> tell mm-hmm. him that they are looking for the king of the Jews. Which is probably not a good idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially because King Herod's known for his cruelty. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so immediately he's jealous, um, gets as much information about this birth as possible. They discover that scripture has foretold that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. Mm. And so one of the sweetest things to me is that the star reappears and guides them to the house in which Jesus is now. And so the wise men travel on to Bethlehem, find Jesus, enter into the room They see him, and their immediate response is to worship him and offer him gifts. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is just so packed. So the wise men are there. They worship Jesus. Mm. After worshiping Jesus, they are warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. He had asked them to return to him under a false guise. of He, too, wanted to go worship the king of the Jews, but they went back another way. Once again... The Lord warned Joseph in a dream to Mm -hmm. get married, to get Jesus, and to flee to Egypt. In the middle of the night. 
Yeah. Mind you, that's faith, man. I just want to say, we'll come back to it. But. Yeah, absolutely. He picks up and immediately obeys what God has called him to do. Mm. And thank goodness, because sure enough, Herod, based on what he had learned from the wise men, um, has a order that all boys two years and younger in the town of Bethlehem be murdered. Mm-hmm. And so he goes and does that. Um, and another fulfillment of prophecy. We see that in the Old Testament that they prophesied that that would happen. And sure enough, it did. Mm. So that's kind of the, mm-hmm. you know, the Christmas story in a snapshot. Right. On the fly. I just mm. want to give the baby a hand because we didn't even fully <laughs> plan so that. But so, that's awesome. And there's so, so many details in there yeah. that we could unpack. I mean, yeah. starting with Mary, just, man, I wish I could interview her and ask her all the questions. Like, what was that conversation like between you and Joseph? Like, mm-hmm. how did you even start it? Like, so Joseph, mm-hmm. this angel came and mm-hmm. I'm actually, you know, I mean, how do you yes. think that went? And I'm sure he was just hurt, mm-hmm. like yes. heartbroken, right? Like the person mm-hmm. that he was supposed to spend his life with, mm-hmm. picturing a family. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wonder what it was like to explain it to her parents, mm-hmm. his parents, mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there was so much whispering. Right. But then once they both had these dreams, they're telling everybody else, like, or I guess he had a dream. Gabriel actually showed up to Mary. But, you know, we kind of mm-hmm. had these visions and dreams and we're pregnant. You know? Yes. <laughs> that would just be so crazy. I, just, I know. I, I love that she was obedient and that she did as the Lord showed her. And I love that her response was was praise. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I also love that she was able to ask, how is this going to happen? And how gracious God was to give her that information and explain mm-hmm. it to her and that she would be called highly favored. Mm-hmm. And she was such an unlikely person for our Lord to be born through. Right. You know, you would think of royalty. And so I just love that Mary is the person that was chosen because I can I can really identify with her. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she can be overly celebrated as like mm. almost you know, sinless or an idol. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, but we still need to acknowledge like she was a person who was highly favored and chosen. But as we'll talk about in a little bit, being highly favored doesn't necessarily mean what we think it should mean or want it to mean. Right. So, yeah, she was humble and submissive and she was willing. Mm -hmm. She was a willing servant. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable to think about this young teen Mm -hmm. who is betrothed, Mm -hmm. which means that from an early age, she was already engaged to Joseph, but now they've entered into this one-year period before they're actually married, right. where she's looking forward to marrying the man of her dreams. Because they mm. pretty much had arranged marriages, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. we have some friends that, um, my daughter's almost 13, and their son's almost 14, and we were laughing the other day about, man, it would be great if we could just have an arranged marriage. Like, we believe the same thing. Yes. You guys are awesome. Handpick. Right. Which is, I'm sure, what her family did, because we yes. learned from elsewhere in the text that Joseph had incredible character. Mm-hmm. Like, he was said to be a just man full of integrity. So mm-hmm. I'm certain that her parents were just thrilled for this match. Yeah. But in Jewish culture, there were um, a lot of requirements, such as you had to be a virgin when you were married. And, mm-hmm. and so the angel comes to her and says, you're going to have this baby. And while I'm certain that she was filled with faith and just enamored by the opportunity, I'm also certain that she recognized the cost. Um, When the angel came to her, her words were, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. And what I love about the word servant is if you look at 
the historical context of it. Back in the Old Testament, sometimes people would become servants Mm. of others. And the Lord had provision that after seven years of servitude, Mm. they would be set free. Now, at that seven year, if the servant decided of their own free will that they wanted to continue serving under the master, they would go to the master and ask to stay. And at that Mm. time, the master would... um, mark them. He would draw an owl through their ear, and that would just be the mark that they are willingly choosing to serve Mm. the master for the remainder of their life. Mm. And so by using that word, Mary is just truly taking a humble posture of surrender to him, saying, God, I know you're asking me to do this, and I'm not begrudgingly choosing to submit to what you're asking, but I am willingly choosing to surrender my life to you and Mm -hmm. do. Yes. Um, She says, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mm -hmm. And those are such packed words because Mm -hmm. the weight of what she had to carry, yes, she was highly favored, but what comes with being highly favored Mm -hmm. is so much suffering. Mm -hmm. Like I cannot imagine the ridicule that she endured. Mm -hmm. um, People seeing her as an unwed person pregnant, Mm -hmm. the ridicule, the shame Especially at that time, it's nothing like, you know, now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Her life was in danger. Back then, if you had sex outside of marriage, they would stone you to death. There was a lot that when she was laying her life down for what God was calling her, it was no small sacrifice. And the same is true with Joseph. Yeah. You know, Joseph had so much sacrifice as well. Well, he had the right to have her stoned. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just as she was ridiculed. I guarantee other people will look at him and think, what a fool, that he Mm. would still marry that woman. Mm -hmm. Right. And I love that Joseph was contemplating his own plan in his mind Mm -hmm. of how he was going to handle this situation Mm -hmm. with integrity and with mercy towards Mary, not wanting to shame her. But he chose to lay down his plan for God's plan once he was given God's plan, and he chose to be obedient to that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that God's plan for Jesus included Mary and Joseph as his adoptive father. Right, And you see that because they were already one, they were already engaged to be married. Like he was already a part of the story. And then also he sends an angel to Joseph Mm -hmm. as well, which I just think is so beautiful and kind, like you're saying, because he didn't have to do that. Right. He might've just had to trust, but instead he was really kind to actually say, no, you know, her story's legit. She's not crazy. She's not lying. Yes. It took a lot of faith and perseverance to do what he did to not only take her as his wife, but then, you know, as you Mm -hmm. kind of mentioned, as they fleed after Jesus had a price on his head and Herod was having all these baby boys killed, Mm -hmm. you know, he took Mary and baby Jesus in the night to Egypt. And if you really think about travel back then, just what that would be like. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard travel. It's camping, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's nothing. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we drive with seat warmers and Starbucks in our hand. It's not the same at all. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking about as I was just envisioning how difficult that trip would be was how God knew it was coming and he Mm. prepared for them. Like think about what happened immediately preceding them having to flee Mm. is that the wise men came and Mm. they presented them with gifts. And we don't know this, but Mm. I can imagine them utilizing those gifts 
to enable them to flee and totally. to enable right. them to live yeah. over Gold that is time. like a bunch of cash right. back then, yeah. right? So it yeah. very likely funded their yes. trip to Egypt. And if you think about, you know, Joseph being a tradesman and then they're right. in a foreign land basically as refugees, I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if someone was trying to kill your baby and an angel told you to get mm-hmm. out of there, I bet they weren't advertising their presence. Like yeah. they were probably right. in hiding. And so to think that, they probably couldn't work. I mean, I don't know this. Again, this is speculation, mm. but they probably couldn't very easily work. And mm. so just to see God's provision yeah. in providing a lump mm. sum of cash gold for them mm-hmm. right. as they were to travel and be there for several years yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And it's they remarkable. Were, they were unified in their purpose. They had each other. They had a unified calling together. Mm. Yeah. So they weren't alone. They were together. Yeah, yeah totally. So well, and it's neat because of the messages that they both received, yes. they were able to, right. like God brought them on the same page. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I see a lot in this story is that God did a lot. Right. God sent the angel. God overshadowed her with right. the Holy Spirit to mm-hmm. make her pregnant. Yes. Impregnate her. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. For her to conceive. Yes. You know, he had kind of mapped out a lot of things, but then there were also a lot of questions, at least mm-hmm. maybe God told them more and we just get the highlights, but it seems like there would have been a lot of questions in my mind if I were Mary. Like, don't you think at some point you would have been like, did I really hear from an angel? Like, is this really what God has called me to do whenever the trials came? Right. Did I hear wrong? Yes. Totally. Yes, for sure. I love that we see how God is always working behind the scenes, though. Um, We know that Mary and Joseph had an understanding of Scripture, and so they knew that the Messiah was supposed to be born in Bethlehem. And so in my mind, I would have been thinking about, well, how am I going to get to Bethlehem? Like, how am I going to make that come true? But instead, God is working behind the scenes, even through a Roman emperor. Mm -hmm. A pagan. Yes. So that... His promises will come true. Like you just right. see the fulfillment of God and how if we can really just step back and look right. at how God is working all around us to make his purposes come true. It's right. absolutely remarkable. Yes. You see so much of God's faithfulness in this story. And do you think it clicks mm. for them as they're heading to Bethlehem? Like, oh my gosh. I mean, at that point, I think you're on board. So yeah, I bet they I bet they realized it. I bet yep. they saw it. Yes. Yep. For sure. And that's what so there's this one little passage where It's right after the shepherds come to see Jesus. And the Bible tells us that Mary treasured all these things in her heart. And it just, it gives me chills because I think anytime I have felt the presence of God or Mm. I've seen him come through or I've experienced his faithfulness, Mm. I treasure those things Mm. in my heart. Mm. And so seeing all these little steps of the fulfillment of what she knew she had been called to do. Like mm. what an what a beautiful response for her to be like, God, you see me and I see you. Mm. And it's just really sweet. Yes. Mm. Yes. And she pondered all of those things. Yes. It's so precious. So mm-hmm. precious. And I can definitely relate to that. There's things in my life where I've seen God's hand, but I don't see the full picture. And mm-hmm. I do. I kind of ponder those things mm-hmm. in my heart. Like, okay, yeah. Lord, like mm-hmm. I see you, but I don't see all the things. And mm-hmm. there's still some faith and trusting and confusion and yeah. all of it. I know. So, well, it's funny, you know, we think of the Christmas plays or the nativity sets, and there's some things that aren't included in the Christmas story that we think should be included. The three kings, right? Like, yes, there's magi and there's three gifts, but the Bible actually never says how many there are. So we don't know. It's funny because we always picture Mary riding on a donkey. 
And likely she rode on a donkey or a camel or horseback or something, right? She's like nine months pregnant. But no animals are actually mentioned at all, just a manger and animal feeding trough. So obviously animals are implied. Right. And then there's no innkeeper mentioned, which I think is interesting right. that we always picture, you know, the cruel innkeeper that turns them away because there's no room at the inn. And have you guys read that there's a word that that in is translated, and it's the same word that is used in the upper room where they had the Last Supper. Really? Oh, I have to look at. Wow. I think I wrote it down. Anyway, you can. Have so no room at the inn could have easily been there was no room in the guest room, right. you know, and so possibly they were in just more of a common area. We don't really know. Um, no star at the actual birthplace. Right. You know, right. no angels at the actual birthplace. They were out in the field with the shepherds and then they left. So it's just interesting. But what else struck mm. you when you think about all these characters in the Christmas story? Anything else that as you were reading through just stood out? Well, I just loved that reading through the story, so many different things came out to me. And mm. of course, Mary's role in all of this has always stuck out to me. I was pregnant with two of my babies at Christmas time, had them the first part of January. So I've always really connected with Mary. But one of the things that stuck out to me is whenever the Lord appeared to each of the characters in the story, whether it be in a dream or a vision or through an angel, they were always told to not be afraid. Mm -hmm. And I just love that because so Mm -hmm. often God will call us to big, hard, messy, scary things with unknowns. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want us to be afraid, but he acknowledges our fear and addresses that. It's usually when they are afraid. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And then I also love Zachariah was the father of John and he was the husband of Elizabeth. And so Elizabeth was going to be pregnant with John and she was old in age. And so whenever he was given this news, he responded in unbelief. And Mm -hmm. there was a consequence for that unbelief. And I love just the contrast of how Mary uh, was this, you know, young girl and received the same news, almost the same words as you pointed out before we started recording. And she just received that news submissively Gabriel so graciously answered her questions and concerns, and he didn't condemn her for having questions Mm -hmm. because she had a willing heart. So I love that. It's not that it's just blind obedience. We can ask questions, Mm -hmm. you know, when when we're called to hard things. Well, it's like Elizabeth says something about blessed are you because you believe that God will do what you said. Yes, exactly. Blessed are you for believing. I love that. I need to hold on to that for later. Mm. And I love that the Lord in His kindness gave Elizabeth and Mary that time together. Mm -hmm. So they probably both were just going, wow, pondering, how could this all be? And He gave them that time together to have a common fellowship and be united in their calling to such supernatural things. I loved that. Mm. Yeah, we see such provision in the details with so mm-hmm. many different characters in this story. So it's not just about Mary and Joseph, but we right. see it on the outskirts, like even with a prophet and a prophetess, Anna yes. and Simeon, that are at the temple later. We see it in all the little details. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. One of the things I love about the Christmas story is that you have two miraculous births, but they were accomplished in two completely different things. Mm. And what I love about that is... 
it reminds us not to put God in a box, that he does amazing things, but he does it in different ways. So you have the conception of John the Baptist, this super old barren woman, and then you have the conception of Jesus through a miraculous thing and a virgin. Mm -hmm. And so both remarkable, both works of God, both done in completely different ways. Mm -hmm. Right. That's so good. One thing that strikes me is that the people of Israel were longing for the Messiah, Mm -hmm. waiting for the Messiah, but they were looking for like a military leader or a political powerhouse. They were not expecting a baby in a manger. And so it makes me think even now, okay, where are my assumptions? What am I expecting that might not play out exactly like I think? And so am I being Mm open-handed? Am I just going, okay, God, like I am your servant, Mm -hmm. you know, help me to Mm -hmm. follow you and to see you, whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, right. I also love that God had assigned people in this story to be news spreaders Mm -hmm. and to go and spread the good news. And that's something that that I love because I have a passion for that. And at every turn, there was someone called to share this news. John, who was in um, Elizabeth's womb, was being born for the purpose of preparing the way for the, the Messiah. And so the purpose in Jesus' birth is so that people all over the earth could hear about this and have the knowledge of salvation. Yes. And so there was a part to play for every every person in this story. Mm-hmm. And we all have a part to play too in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. I love when the shepherds come and they see that Jesus is there. And then the Bible tells us that they went and they told everyone what they saw and what mm-hmm. they heard. And it made me think of when later in the Bible when John's disciples come to Jesus and they say, are you really the one that we've been waiting for? And Jesus Mm. tells them, go and tell them what you have seen Mm -hmm. and what you have heard. Mm. And what that made me think is so often we try to complicate the gospel when really all God is asking us to do is to go and share what we have seen and what we have heard. Mm -hmm. David says, come all you who fear the Lord and hear what the Lord has done to me. So as we share our testimony, Mm. I mean, it's simply being able to see God in our lives and sharing that with other people and allowing God to work Mm. in their hearts. It's just really remarkable. Yes. So good. Mm -hmm. We have to be faithful. To share the story. Yeah, absolutely. And on the flip side, you know, I think of Herod, that he ultimately relied on Bible prophecy while still undermining its power. And so it it makes me think of scripture where it talks about that even the demons believe and Mm -hmm. shudder. And so it's not just enough to know the facts Mm -hmm. and maybe even to believe that it's true and that it happened, Mm -hmm. but we must believe to a point of following, Mm -hmm. like with our whole heart. Mm -hmm. It's it's a trust. That belief is actually a trust. They're synonymous. Right. So So I love that Mary treasured all— of the things in her heart and that she pondered them. I thought a lot about uh, the word pondered. And I just imagine that not only the treasuring, you know, you're, you're cherishing these things, they have great value to you, but just pondering and meditating on the glory of it all. And that's something I feel like even just preparing for this podcast, I don't feel like I have done enough of during the Christmas season of really pondering on 
what this means. Mm -hmm. We have no death and resurrection without the birth of Christ. Mm -hmm. And it's so vital to really take time during this season and look at the story and meditate, meditate on he left heaven and he came to earth. That's so good. And how he came. And I know we'll get into the why he came, but it's amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about that more. Why does this story even matter? Why should we even care 2,000 years later? Why does this matter right now? Well, like I said earlier, we cannot have the death and resurrection of Christ without the birth. Um, Some of you may or may not know that I'm a missionary and I leave America and I go to one of the poorest most undeveloped nations of the world, and I share the gospel story with so many there. And what makes it so powerful is because I really share the Christmas story of what Jesus did by Mm. leaving heaven and coming to earth. And he was born through suffering, and he lived in suffering, and he did it for us so Mm. that we could know not only is he our merciful high priest, but he was also fully man, and he suffered in every way that we suffer. He was tempted in every way that we're tempted, and that's why he can be so united with us. And so I think that we needed that as humans. I know that I needed that. I needed a God with skin on, Mm. for sure. And um, I love that this story shows me that, that this is how much He left me, not only dying for me, but leaving perfection, leaving Mm -hmm. his father and coming to earth to live and to to suffer among us. Yeah. It's so precious to me. Purposely step into brokenness. Yes. Yeah. Jesus's birth is miraculous, but we can't separate it, like you said, from his life, his death, his resurrection, because when it's all packaged together, it really is confrontational. Like Christmas is confrontational. The gospel is confrontational because we are left confronted with the decision Mm. of what are we going to do with Jesus? Like, are we going to settle for a watered down version Mm. of Christianity Mm. or are we going to see him for who he really is, which is not just the baby in a manger, but it's also the king, the king of all kings who is going to restore all Mm. things once and for all. So, So it's interesting that the Christmas story is... So great and so wonderful. And the gospel is so great and so wonderful, but it's really not good news if we don't realize the bad news first. Mm -hmm. And that's that we truly are sinners. And I think sometimes, especially in the West, we can look at Mm -hmm. kind of this self-sufficient, independent, like go out and conquer my goals and my fears. And I don't really need anyone. I don't really need a God. But when we really are alone, Mm -hmm. I know, I know, I know that in your heart of hearts that you realize like, Mm -hmm. I can't do this on my own, right? I mean, we're all going to die eventually. 100% of all people die, right? And we need somebody outside of ourselves to take on our sin, even our self-sufficiency, and to save us. We need a Savior. Yeah, definitely. And for me, I I did have Jesus come to an unlikely place and meet me mm-hmm. in a, a dark strip club and yes. rescue and save me. Mm-hmm. And so now I feel like just for everyone who's listening to this podcast, who you, you are a believer, my commission and your commission now is to go and spread this good news of the Christmas story all year long, because he does come to the meek and lowly, and he's likely going to send us to people and places we wouldn't expect. And he will likely provide in ways that we don't expect, just Mm -hmm. like he did for the people in this story. And we are definitely going to face opposition and hardship as we are in the center of God's will sharing the gospel. But our obedience in these things will bring him glory and us and also others 
overwhelming joy. Mm -hmm. There was overwhelming joy in this story. There was Mm -hmm. hardship and suffering and opposition and persecution and, and all of those messy, hard things. But in the midst of that, there was overwhelming joy. Mm -hmm. Not to skip ahead to the cross, but when Jesus was on the cross, he said, we were the joy set before him that allowed him to endure the suffering Mm -hmm. of the cross. And we should also endure Mm -hmm. the suffering of sharing the gospel and receiving that opposition so that others could have eternal life. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I'm just so thankful for this, this Christmas story because his birth meant his death and resurrection and new life in Christ. Amen. Well said. Yeah. When you're talking Hebrews 12, it's exactly yes. what popped into my mind. And then you said the so, joy said before. Oh, Bible says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, mm-hmm. let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Mm-hmm. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured this cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you would not grow weary and lose heart. It's just, it is so remarkable to think about when we fix our eyes on Jesus, when we fix our eyes on the joy. I mean, he endured so much because of the joy set before him. The same way as we're going to have to endure, you know, yeah. anytime God calls us to something, it's not going to be a smooth Mary was highly favored. Yeah. And what did that mean for her? Exactly. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. When you count the cost, Mm. like I can choose to be a servant of the Lord, Mm -hmm. enduring all the hardship and the struggle that's going to come, or I can remain in my comfortable bubble. Right. And miss out on being a part of this amazing plan that God has for humanity. I mean, in my mind, there is no comparison. Right. Right. Because when you approach all things with this eternal perspective of understanding the value of the birth of Jesus, Mm. understanding our own depravity and our need for a Savior, understanding the grace of God and how He lavishes us with His grace and His love, then our only reasonable response is to say yes when He calls us to those hard things. Mm. Right. And we don't have to be afraid because He's Emmanuel, God with us. Mm -hmm. He is God with us. And that's a promise. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, he said he would always be with us. And what we have seen... Mm -hmm. Even to the end of the age. Mm. Yes. One of the most beautiful things to me about the Christmas story is you see fulfillment after fulfillment after fulfillment after fulfillment. Thousands of years worth of prophecy coming to fulfillment at this time. And Mm -hmm. so what that tells us is that God is a God of faithfulness, that when he says something, it is going to be true. And so we Mm -hmm. hold on to that hope now. You know, we have this promise. We have declared that Jesus was going to be born so that he could save us from our sins. And we can Mm -hmm. hold on to that promise because we know, based on remembering who God is and what he has done in the past, that he is a faithful God and will hold true to his word now. Amen. I am so glad you brought up the prophecies because it is so breathtaking even evidence, right, Mm -hmm. of just God's fingerprints Mm -hmm. to see these prophecies that were 
written down thousands or hundreds of years before they actually took place in detail. I mean, mm-hmm, Jesus was going right. to be born to a virgin in Bethlehem. Like that is detail. Right. Gives us such confidence, like you said, that all the prophecies that have not yet been fulfilled, because right now, you guys, we are part of an unfinished story. Yes. Um, but it's in process and it will be finished and it will yeah. be complete. And so just to hang on to that truth and to know that all the prophecies that have not yet been fulfilled, which they're getting less and less, right. but it's coming. Right. And, yeah. and whoever's listening right now, you can be a part of this story. Yes, God is inviting you to be a part of this story. And it's not some big out of reach, out of touch thing. Like he meets mm-hmm. us where we are. He put mm-hmm. on skin. He came to earth. Yes. He loves you. He is for you. Um, and he's inviting you mm-hmm. to follow him and be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. Okay, guys, we have covered so much. <laughs> And I hope it makes sense as we listen back. And we've just been praying. Honestly, we prayed before this episode. And Davina, you're going to finish us out here in a second. We're just praying and believing that God's going to do a work in the hearts of those that listen. And only He can do that. It's definitely not us. It's only Him. And so, Davina, as we head out back into the world, back into Christmas, will you just leave us with a final prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Heavenly Father, God, we are just so grateful for who you are, that you saw fit all those years ago to choose Mary and Joseph to be the parents of Jesus, God, that you saw our need for a Savior and you made it happen. Lord, I pray that as we reflect on Jesus's birth in this season, that we would keep our mind focused on what it's really all about. Help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, Lord. Help us to have the submissive, surrendered heart that we saw exemplified by so many of the characters in the Christmas story, God. Help us to look for ways that we can serve you that we can be a part of your grand plan, God. And when you do call us to do things, Lord, I pray that you would tell us, just like you told them, do not fear Mm. because I am with you, Lord. Help us to feel your presence, God. And in this time, help us to remember that we are loved, we are covered in grace, Lord, and it is all because of Jesus. Amen. Well, I do want to say a giant thank you to both Shanna and Davina for taking some time to join me in digging deeper into this story. Y'all, we hope it's been helpful, but we also just scratched the surface. So again, the Word is alive and active. So open up your Bible, open up that free YouVersion Bible app, and do not forget to experience it for yourself. And guys, remember, Davina and Shanna's episodes are linked in the conversation notes, as well as the Christmas Bible plan we referenced, and some other great resources. Also, if you haven't already done this, you can subscribe to this podcast for free on places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. You can also connect with us and continue this conversation on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. And because this is The Messy Table, I just have to let you in on the behind the scenes recording of this episode because it was comical. So we met up at the church, but there was an event happening later that night. And so a lot of people were around setting up. And then right after we started recording, there was some super loud rooftop stomping right above us. Apparently it was the day for maintenance on the building. And then while all of this was happening, God basically redirected our conversation multiple times. So we cut out the stopping and restarting because we wanna honor your time. But I just wanna acknowledge and I want you to know that in a very tangible way, God is always at work in our mess. So thank you, thank you for joining us. We are grateful for your life. And from our table to yours, we hope you have a very Merry Christmas.